I am happy to announce that the winner is All About Eve. Parasite. Kramer versus Kramer. Chicago! West Side Show. The Lord of the Rings, The Return of the King. One flew over the cuckoo's Shakespeare in Love. May I have the envelope, please? Welcome back to a special episode of The Envelope, please, everybody. We are your hosts. I'm Sam. I'm Rance. Rance, what are we doing today on this special episode? Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. We have a very special guest today on The Envelope, please. He is the producer of the Best Picture winner for 1999, American Beauty. Um, He has had an illustrious career that's taken him across... Film, television, Broadway, Broadway, um, <laughs> uh, and if you know anything about uh, titles like uh, Big Fish, uh, you have this guy to thank for them. And I am talking about none other than the incomparable, wonderful, my friend Dan Jinks. Thank you so much for having me. Um, was that enough of an introduction for you, or did I not puff you up enough? I didn't you know, uh, name uh, as many uh, titles as I could have. I, uh, uh, sometimes people include, I produced a movie called Milk, uh, that, uh, is also... Never, never heard of it. So, sometimes <laughs> part of the conversation. <laughs> I know for me in the television the world, in the television world, is Pushing Daisies that caught my attention. Love that show. <laughs> Pushing Daisies, I mean... Can, okay, before we get into the main event, can you tell yes. us, is Kristen Chenoweth as wonderful as she seems like she is? You know, I, I adore Kristen Chenoweth. I, I, we, we, we spoke on a Zoom uh, last week, and she's one of the nicest, kindest, uh, most delightful people. Uh, she, uh, she loves to work. She loves performing. Um, uh, she's very, very funny. Um, she's very smart. She's much smarter than I think people uh, sometimes uh, expect her to be. Um, I, I adore her. She can take something that's funny on the page and just come up with ways to make it that much funnier. She just is one of those rare people that is just really smart about uh, comedy in particular. Mm. Incredible. I, I missed I a fan and I wanted to ask that. It has nothing to do with 1999's Oscar <laughs> uh, winner for Best Picture, American Beauty. Now, Dan, you were a baby when you won your Oscar. I was, you, I was. I was in diapers? You, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Dan's only 30 years old, so. Yes, I was um, very, yeah. uh, But can you tell us how you came to be involved with American Beauty? Uh, let me see if I can do the, the, the brief version of this. I had been working for a producer for uh, uh, several years. I produced my first feature film that came out. I started to get offered cool jobs. I decided that I was gonna do the crazy thing of going out on my own as a producer. I decided to partner with someone else. Um, My background was very much on the creative end of things, working with writers and agents, and uh, I I knew a lot of the people at studios, Uh, but I didn't have uh, as much experience at that time uh, on sets. So I, I partnered with a guy named Bruce Cohen, who had been basically a line producer for Amblin, um, he produced things like The Flintstones and Mouse Hunt um, and uh, Tu Wong Fu. And uh, we started a partnership. We worked out of uh, Bruce's living room the first several months. And uh, 
maybe about three months in, I had an idea for a movie and I had uh, dinner one night with a friend of mine um, who was is a, still a, a literary agent, a guy named Andrew Canava at UTA. And I mentioned this idea that I had and he said, oh, I have a writer that I think could be good for that. He doesn't really mean anything yet, but I think he's going to mean something when the script that he's working on now is finished. And I said, what's the guy's name? And he said, Alan Ball. Alan was not known in the film world at that time at all. I, I don't say this in a, in a way that, that sounds like I'm tuning my own horn, but I know theater better than I'll, certainly most people do, and I remember things about theater. And I came out with uh, this uh, sentence saying, Oh, I know who Alan Ball is. Alan wrote a play called Five Women Wearing the Same Dress. And Andrew kind of looked at me stunned, like you've actually heard of this client of mine? Because he was not, not known in the film world. And I, I think for that reason, um, maybe about three or four weeks later, Andrew was going out with a screenplay called American Beauty by Alan Ball. And I was one of, I don't know, maybe a dozen or so different producers who he sent the script to. And, uh, I read it and my producing partner, Bruce Cohen, read it and we loved it. And we, uh, we asked Andrew if we could bring it into DreamWorks, which is a studio that we didn't have an official deal, but we had a relationship with them. And uh, a guy named Glenn Williamson read it and loved it and he gave it to his boss who loved it. Um, somebody else was sent it who didn't love it, but fortunately uh, it got to Steven Spielberg and Steven Spielberg loved it. And this took about a, a week and uh, I called Andrew Canava and said, guess what, DreamWorks wants to do it. He still wasn't sure that they wanted to sell it to, to DreamWorks, so we had to meet with Alan, and uh, I'll t this, I, I, I'm telling you this because it's kind of a fun end to this story. So uh, the first time that I met with Alan Ball was me and, me and Bruce Cohen and uh, two executives from DreamWorks, and after the meeting, uh, Bruce and Alan Ball and I were all talking in front of Amlin, and out comes Steven Spielberg, who at the time I had only met in passing. I didn't really know him well at that point, but Bruce Cohen did. He had been a, an assistant director on a couple of movies for him. So I kind of elbowed Bruce and Bruce looks up and said, Steven, uh, this is Alan Ball who wrote American Beauty, the script you read last night. And we're both hoping and praying that he had actually read it. Well, not only had he read it, but he went on for 20 minutes talking about the script and casting it and Alan's career as a writer. And it was uh, up until that point in time, the most thrilling 20 minutes I'd had in show business. Uh, it was it was really uh, just an amazing thing. And that also uh, was really reassuring to Alan Ball to hear not just the head of a studio, but Steven Spielberg talk about uh, how much he uh, loved and appreciated Alan's writing. And I think from there, they felt much more comfortable going with uh, with us in DreamWorks to make the film. Now, when it came to casting, you talked about that a little bit there. How involved were you in casting this movie or even just auditioning people or talking about that? I, I was very involved in it. You know, the, the bigger decision was hiring a director. That was really a, a long, complicated process because uh, DreamWorks did not want to spend a lot of money on the movie. So a lot of big-name directors are people who you know, some of those people would make five or $10 million for a movie. The, if, the, the entire budget of the film ended up being $15 million. So 
you can't pay a director $5 million if the movie costs $15 million. Uh, so uh, we knew we were going to go with a newer director or else a director who was making a career switch. And the script was sent out far and wide. And we met with maybe 25 or 30 different directors, which is a huge, huge number of people to meet with. And uh, some of it were, were just favor meetings. Um, uh, you know, Steven Spielberg would, would, would have a meeting and would hand uh, a, a director, you know, two or three scripts that they were working on and American Beauty would always be one of them. And then we would get this call saying, oh, you need to meet with so-and-so because uh, Stephen gave him the script. And so we, you know, of course we, we would do that. And then there were some people that we, we, we considered very seriously. Uh, but when we finally met with Sam Mendes, uh, who, who directed the film, no one spoke as articulately about the, the, the script as, as he did. And, um, and once Sam was on board, and that took probably about two months to get to that, uh, to Sam's officially being hired, um, then we started casting it. And uh, all the kids auditioned for it. We, uh, we met with every young actor in Hollywood, everybody who became famous, uh, who was working in Hollywood at that age, they all came in and auditioned. Uh, interestingly, interestingly enough, the first person who auditioned for any role in the movie was Thora Birch, who went on to play Jane. Uh, I was blown away. Our cast director was blown away. Bruce was blown away. But Sam was so new to doing this, he thought, well, we can't just cast the first person who came in. <laughs> and so we ended up seeing, you know, I, I'm going to say probably 100 different actresses read for that role. And then, of course, we came back to Thora, who was just not going to be beat. She was so, so uh, wonderful. Can I ask, is there um, is there somebody who you saw, you know, you mentioned every young person who became famous of that generation. Is there somebody who saw who was not cast, who you remember, who ended up becoming like this humongous thing? Oh, yeah. And, I, you know, I, I will I will say I don't love talking about that because I don't like to I don't like it's I don't think it's nice for an actor to hear to to have somebody <laughs> say, well, they didn't get the part. But there are a number of there are people who have won Oscars who, who came in to audition at 20 years old uh, wow. Wow. Or, or 16 years old um, <laughs> uh, for, for, for those parts. The, the hardest part to cast of the, those three was Angela, the cheerleader character mm -hmm. was really boy. That was that was tough. Uh, uh, the, uh, of of the three kids, th there were not a lot of options. The others we had, there were people who came in, but but boy, uh, we we lucked out with the three that we got. They were all, all pretty spectacular, quite um, literally. <laughs> you know, uh, the the in terms of the the adults, um, obviously, uh, neither Kevin Spacey nor Annette Benning are people who who uh, would or should uh, audition. Um, they were both people who we offered it to, and and neither one was a quick yes. They they uh, they both really really loved the script, but they both interestingly both of them had already committed to doing plays. Um, uh, Kevin Spacey was going to do um, the Iceman Cometh on Broadway, and Annette Bening was going to do Hedda Gabler at the the Geffen Playhouse. Oh man! And uh, and they were not going to not do those plays because they're both people who come from the theater and they made a, a commitment. And we looked at our schedule and, and said, oh, wow, can we, can we do this? Can we shoot this whole movie and get them out in time? And uh, because we were uh, under-budgeted initially, which we always knew and DreamWorks was sort of not acknowledging, uh, we ended up having to work um, six-day weeks to get them out in time because uh, they, they had these uh, theater commitments. Interesting. 
So let's talk a little bit about the actual production. I'm just curious. Was there like a day on set that stands out to you as being like, oh my gosh, this was the greatest day, the coolest thing happened, everything worked out splendidly? If you could talk a little bit about that. <laughs> you know, uh, by the way, I have never been asked that question in that way, and I, I, I will I will tell you where my, my my head goes immediately. This is not answering the question, but I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna see if I can. Uh, it, it was a it, shooting that movie was the most intense period of shooting period of, a period of I've ever had in my my professional life. It was I knew it was a big opportunity, but I also knew that we were uh, an under budgeted movie. We we never had enough money to do what we wanted to do, and we had this spectacularly talented uh, new director who knew what he wanted and was not going to move on until we got it right. And that meant that sometimes we didn't always get what we needed to shoot in a day. And so we would act continually go back to DreamWorks and say, hey, we need another day. We need another day, which is, you know, that's just cost money. Um, <laughs> yeah. Fortunately, we had Steven Spielberg in our back pocket. But I, I remember being on set feeling like, wow, uh, 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 are, are we are we gonna are we gonna get everything we need done today? Um, there were so many great moments of acting in it, but um, uh, the the thing that comes to mind. I'm going back to your question now. Uh, the the dinner table scene where uh, Annette Benning starts sort of talking to herself. Well, let's just ask Carolyn. What is Carolyn? Carolyn, what does you think? I don't. You know that. Uh, uh, interestingly enough, um, there was. Uh, almost never any kind of ad-libbing in this movie. Um, everybody really stuck to the script. That said, there was a three-week rehearsal period, and in the rehearsals, they were, uh, there were a couple of moments where actors were allowed to do some kind of improvisation, and Annette did improvise that. That said, what she improvised, Alan Ball then wrote, so it was in the script, but uh, that was a, a real combination of a... Uh, uh, spectacular actress really living in the moment and Alan Ball being in, an incredibly smart uh, writer and, and, and Sam Mendes knowing how to capture magic like that on screen. And that was one of those things that every single take, I was sitting you know, 10 feet off screen in front of a monitor with just the biggest grin on my face because what Annette Bening was doing was so genius. And she should 100% have an Oscar, and the fact that she doesn't have an Oscar makes me very upset. I will tell you one, one more geeky moment that I... It's so funny, because I, I haven't thought about some of these things in such a long time. So um, uh, people who know how movies work, you, you, you're, you're uh, the, the, the director and the producer and whoever else is watching, is we're all watching on a monitor. And very often the monitor is in another room. It's sometimes far away from uh, uh, where the action is for, for various logistical reasons, depending on how, how small your sets are. We were shooting a lot of interior house scenes. Well, uh, a scene that, that uh, became an iconic scene in the movie uh, is when uh, Kevin Spacey is uh, in the garage and in in and it's ra it's pouring rain outside, which of course is all we have rain towers going, which is a, a big extravagance on our on our budget. And in walks <laughs> Chris Cooper, giving this spectacular performance. Uh, and and he there's so much that is going on in Chris Cooper's face. And I watched the first take of it, and I was so blown away that I I became a, a a fan for a moment and I and I went and for the next take I I hid in the corner of the garage just so I could watch these two people live do this thing because it was so uh 
was really great. And it was interesting. Kevin, who's such a great actor, uh, he he knew this was Chris Cooper's moment, and he really just let Chris Cooper have. You know, it, it was it was just kind of great to watch. And uh, um, uh, uh, that was the the the, the is, as stressed as we all were about being able to make our days. My God, we have some terrific actors doing great work. Is there any like scene that was shot that maybe had to get cut for logistic reasons, timing and stuff that maybe you wish was still in the movie? Um, there's nothing that was cut that I wish was still in the movie. That said, uh, <laughs> you, you didn't know where you were going with this question. Uh, one of the scenes that was, or two of the scenes that were cut were scenes that featured me. Uh, Sam Mendes no asked way. me, if, it's actually kind of a funny story, not because of my performance, thank goodness. Uh, Sam Mendes asked me if I wanted to be in the movie, and, I, and I, at first I wasn't really sure, and I said, he said, you know, you, you won't have any lines, but you're going to have a lot to do. Um, anybody who's ever read the screenplay of American Beauty would know that, that there, it was uh, originally, there were these, um, what they call bookends. At the very beginning of the movie and at the very end of the movie, there were these courtroom scenes where uh, the two teenagers, um, uh, uh, Jane, played by Thor Birch, and Ricky, played by Wes Bentley, were uh, convicted of the murder of Lester Burnham. And we shot those scenes, and I played Thor Birch's lawyer in the courtroom scenes. And so we had a, 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 the, I had a change of costumes because there was a different costume at the beginning and at the end and when she's found guilty. And uh, talk about um, great acting. Uh, Thora Birch had to, she found out on camera that she was found guilty and she burst into tears. We did six takes. Every take was spectacular. And, you know, we, 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 we live in, a, you know, in an era where this is not a new thing where there are actresses who will put glycerin under their eyes to make them cry when the camera cuts to them. None of that was going on there. She was dry-eyed in the middle of the take. She found out she was guilty, and she just burst into tears every single time. And I felt so honored to sit next to her and watch it. And, I, and, and I'll, the nice thing was, because my, of my character, I got to comfort her, and Annette Benning was behind us, and she reached over and would comfort her. And, uh, uh, and all that remains is I have a couple of uh, photo stills uh, framed in my hallway. But I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled it's not in the movie, but it was really fun to do. I love that. I was going to ask, you, you seem to have named a couple of moments already where this might have been the case, but... Um, was there a moment where you thought, okay, this is an awards contender I got in my hands? Uh, you know, I, I never allowed myself to go there. Uh, when we were <laughs> shooting the movie, the only thing that I ever really thought about at, at first was I knew we had a spectacular screenplay, and I thought, God, wouldn't it be great if Alan Ball could at least get a nomination? And I, 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 was, uh, I, I was really nervous about how the film would be received. And, and part of it was, this wasn't just me, it was, a, a, there were a number of people at DreamWorks who made it very clear to us that they did not believe in the movie as it was being shot. And, mm. and you, you, you hear that all the time and, and you're thinking, oh God, is anybody gonna go? And um, there's a wonderful, wonderful movie that came out two years before American Beauty called The Ice Storm, uh, directed by Ang Lee. And uh, that, that also was, was sort of a dis dysfunctional family uh, drama set in the suburbs. And American Beauty has a lot more humor than that. But that movie is such a great movie, and it was not a successful movie. 
And that was my big fear was that we would be this sort of art house film that no one would, would go see. And I was not allowing myself to believe that we would be in the awards mix um, uh, until it really wasn't until uh, maybe the Toronto Film Festival that I even began to think that we might really be a serious part of the conversation. Well, let's 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 start talking about that conversation. Let's do it. And <laughs> uh, 1999 is a really big year uh, for cinema. You look at the nominees that you're up against. You have things like The Sixth Sense. The did I the the Sixth. It's a tough one. Sense. <laughs> <laughs> Had a speech impediment when I was younger. Um, <laughs> Uh, and uh, The Insider, you know, lots of really great movies that you're you're up against. What, when you, okay, let's start with where were you when you found out that you had the nominations? Um, <laughs> uh, kind of a funny tale. Um, so we, we had, uh, the first time I knew we were a really serious contender was at the Golden Globe Awards. Um, uh, the Golden Globes came in early January, and uh, we, uh, so I had never been to the Golden Globe Awards in my life, and, and as people who watch the Golden Globes know, you're sitting at a table, and you don't know where your table is until you, they, somebody walks you in, and they kept walking me closer and closer and closer, and American Beauty had not one, but two tables touching the stage, and I, I had my, 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 uh, my boyfriend at the time on one side and Warren Beatty on the other side and uh, Annette Bening and then David Geffen and, and, and Alan Ball. We were all at this table touching the stage. Barbara Streisand was in back of us. And I just was so excited to be included, to be invited and not thinking that we were going to win. And again, there were people who were saying, you know, don't worry, you're not going to win. And, uh, and then... Uh, about an hour into the show, Alan Ball won Best Screenplay, and then about an hour later, uh, Sam Mendes won Best Director. And then I started to think, oh, shoot, we might actually win this thing, and, and, and we did. And then all of a sudden, there's this major pressure uh, about uh, the Academy Award that came after that. So uh, the day before uh, the Oscar nominations came out, I, uh, I, I had reached out to a group of people, um, uh, to uh, my producing partner, to Alan Ball, uh, to uh, Andrew Canava, the agent, to my friend Glenn Williamson, who was our executive at DreamWorks, and I said, hey, why don't you all come over to my house at 5.30 in the morning and we'll have champagne and we'll, we'll all watch the Oscar nominations together, and if we, if we get in there, that's great, and if we don't, we don't. And uh, uh, so anyway, I had this whole thing planned. Everybody was excited. We were all going to watch together. It's going to be really fun. A few hours later, I get a call from DreamWorks saying, so they want you guys to go on uh, CBS this morning uh, to, for, uh, uh, when the Oscar nominations come out. And first I thought, well, but what if we're not nominated? We're going to look like idiots just sort of sitting there. Like, oh, no, no. I will say this is very commonplace now. This happens all the time. But this it was sort of a newer idea then. And I just thought we were going to look like jerks if we're just sitting there like, oh, we knew we were going to be nominated. And I so didn't want to do that. So I, kept, I said, well, I've already invited people over my house. And we, this was, there were so many back and forth. And they were kind of just shocked at me. And I, by the way, right now I'm listening to me. And I'm like, what, what, what was I thinking. <laughs> anyway, I know I'm making the story way too long. Uh, 
so <laughs> so crazy. CBS this morning came to my house. This enormous, enormous truck arrived at 4.30 in the morning. And by the time I came upstairs, showered, shaved, ready to go, uh, uh, they, there was an entire TV studio set up in my living room. And we watched, uh, we all watched the nominations in one room in my den. And then Alan Ball and myself and Bruce Cohen were on live national television you know, three minutes later with Brian Gumble was hosting CBS this morning at the time. And uh, that's where we were when the, the, the morning of the nominations, it was hilarious. And uh, uh, I will tell you, it was such a, uh, such a fun thing that it, it was in my living room that it's Brian Gumble, who I grew up watching on the Today Show and uh, <laughs> my first time on uh, a, a morning TV show ever. It was, uh, it was a very, very fun morning. So how about Oscar Day? What was the day of the Oscars for you, how much, like, did you take a while getting ready? What was red carpet like? Getting into the ceremony? How did it all go down for you? So it, it, it was a combination of being unbelievably fun and incredibly nerve-wracking. Uh, <laughs> you, you, it's amazing how many people you hear from, and this creepy thing happens that you really do hear from people who are, like, angling to get mentioned in your speech. And I, I'm thinking, I don't know that I'm even going to win. And, and, and I also didn't want to do a laundry list of names. And I wanted to say something important about the movie and what it meant to me, but also thank the really key people. And, and uh, so there's, there's all this stuff that was going on. Uh, we, I, I think it's, I, I'm not a fan of people pulling out a list. I think there's something kind of just, it's just bad television. So uh, we, just in case, my producing partner and I wrote out uh, our, our speeches and sort of together so that they would we were not thanking the same people and and uh, we had memorized it within an inch of its life and so that was sort of like done and, uh, and then you 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 get there and it's the biggest red carpet I'd ever seen in my entire life they the, uh, so you know that somebody's going to walk you through the red carpet but the way the Oscars work is they don't they don't you don't know who it's going to be. And so there was a DreamWorks guy that I did know who walked us through. And, and the thing that I remember is that um, we get to Joan Rivers. Now, for those of you who are old enough to know, uh, Joan Rivers was famous on the red carpets. And she would always want to talk to people what people were wearing. But she was also somebody that I grew up with. And she was so iconic. And I, I whispered in this guy's ear, I want to talk to, uh, uh, to Joan Rivers. And she uh, she was doing everything live, but we had gone to a commercial. And he said, oh, she's in a commercial, so why don't we just move along and then we'll try to come back. And I'm like, no, let's just wait right here. <laughs> I, I wanted that that moment. And so, we, so Joan Rivers interviewed us live. And at the end, I said, you, I said, you know, you've not commented on our suits at all. And she said, oh, I, I love your suits. I love your suits. <laughs> Literally me just asking Joan Rivers for some kind of a costume commentary. <laughs> I think we all need that. I stand that. That's yeah, totally... I, I will say one more thing about the Oscars themselves. A lot of it was such a blur. You know, I, I, I just, just to give you a very honest thing, I was this, uh, you know, nerdy kid who was not the popular kid in school, and I never thought I would be at the Academy Awards. I never thought I would be on... on just none of this was in my plan. It was such an, uh, a surreal experience for me. And... I remember when uh, Clint Eastwood handed out Best Picture, and he he called our our, our names in in the in American Beauty as Best Picture, and I remember walking up on stage. I looked down at my feet, 
and I said to myself, oh shoot, I have to remember this moment. I am about to walk on stage to accept an Academy Award. I have to remember this forever. And I, I went back and I, I looked at the clip the next day and, I, and I, I looked down just for a second and looked back up again. But in my mind, I have such a, one of my best moments of the whole night was that moment of walking up on stage. Oh, I can't even imagine like the rush of emotion you were feeling. <laughs> well, and, and uh, I'll tell you a nice thing is, so uh, I was speaking first and then my producer partner was speaking and I was so happy that we did it that way so that I got everything out and then, because my speech was then done, I got to, I got to just enjoy being up there. And I, yeah. I went, I found my, my, my dad and stepmom, and I found some of the actors, and I had two of my best friends were in the balcony, and I found them, and I just got to be up on stage for that short amount of time and just enjoy that moment, which was really amazing. And then we walked into the wings, and Steven Spielberg and Kevin Spacey were standing there in, in the wings waiting for us. And, uh, we had this great, and Sam Mendes, and we had this great moment, all of us together. And uh, what I didn't know was that there were cameras on us. And I, I'm glad I didn't know because it's, uh, it was such an honest reaction and it was so, so real and we all, and then we ended up doing um, a bunch of press together. Um, uh, St Steven did it with us and we did a bunch of pictures together and it was just a, uh, you know, we, we were all, it was happy that we were all up there. I wish Annette Bening was up there with us, but we were all pretty thrilled to, uh, to be there. It was a, a, a great night. I wish Annette Bening was up there with you too. No offense, Hillary Swank. I just, <laughs> I love her. <laughs> um, I mean, geez, uh, I, I, I have to ask some little detail questions. Do you remember where you were sitting in the audience before your name was called and who was was there anyone significant around you that you clocked? Um, yeah, we were, um, I don't know, maybe like the sixth or seventh row center aisle. And I sat, um, it was me, my then boyfriend, and my dad and my stepmother. And there was a woman next to my stepmother that got up in the middle of the show and my stepmother was thinking, well, why is she getting up in the middle of the show? She didn't know who it was and it was Faith Hill who got up to, to sing uh, uh, Over the Rainbow in an interesting story. Uh, uh, she, she was a last minute replacement for Whitney Houston who was going through a, a tough period of time. And so like right. the day before they said, this is not gonna work and they put Faith Hill in there. Um, I, 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 that was the night I met Meryl Streep for the first time, who was like, that was say. kind of, everybody says to you, who are you hoping to meet? And that right. was who I came up with was Meryl Streep. And it's, when you're nominated for best picture, it, it is, it's easier to meet people like Meryl Streep. And <laughs> That's um, the truth. Sam is uh, the number one Meryl Streep fan in existence. Oh yeah? So any detail you can give him about St. Meryl, Oh my goodness! He would be glad was she to nice take to it. you? Did she, she was, talk she was, to you? She was she was very nice. Uh, my five second Meryl Streep story is I I produced a TV series that was on the CW called Emily Owens MD that starred her amazing daughter Mamie Gummer and we were in New York for the the upfronts and we were at uh, this sort of Broadway speakeasy called Bar Central and I was I was there with with Mamie and her then husband and a couple other people and and it was one of those nights that people kept coming over to our table and I knew that I'm the producer I was going to foot the bill for whatever this was and but so many people came by that I, I in my mind I'm thinking oh boy this is going to be a an $800 uh, 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 bill. And, and I went to, uh, and uh, uh, 
but the table across from us was Mamie's mom. Uh, Meryl was holding court with a lot of people, and they and 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 they uh, they left at one point. Anyway, when I went to pay, uh, they said, "Oh, this was already taken care of by Meryl Streep," and I was like, "Oh, oh!" <laughs> I was uh, I I I appreciated that. Oh my gosh! So you're she telling us up that- the tab. <laughs> You're telling us that Meryl Streep brought you a drink, is what you're saying. Oh, well, I, well, a lot of a lot, me and a lot of people drinks. Um, <laughs> so. oh, that just brings so much happiness to my heart. Thank goodness. <laughs> um, I want to talk about this year's crop of nominees for Best Picture. Have you seen them all? Are there any that you're kind of rooting for? I have seen all of them. And, you know, every year there are people who say, oh, what a bad bunch of movies. I think there's some great movies this year. I think there's some really, really good movies. There are a number of films that could win Best Picture. It, it's interesting. There does not appear to be an obvious frontrunner. Um, there are, you know, some people will say, oh, it's, it's definitely Belfast. Some people say, oh, it's definitely Power of the Dog. Um, uh, there was a moment when I thought West Side Story had a real chance because I thought West Side Story was just sensational and I'm, I'm, it doesn't seem like it's uh, as high on the list anymore, but uh, uh, I, I, boy, I thought it was pretty, pretty great. Um, I, I think it's a really good year for movies. Keep in mind here, we're talking to an Academy voter. Did you just give us a hint about your ballot? Uh, you know, I have uh, I have not voted yet, and I will. Uh, we, they haven't voting hasn't started yet. We're we're still away, away, a ways away. But you know, uh, when I joined the Academy, which was oh, twenty years ago, there were I think around six thousand voters. Now I think there's around ten thousand voters. So I feel like our everybody's voted vote is diluted slightly from uh, uh, the the height. Or from a few years but hey, ago. you've had a huge impact on it for the last twenty years. Look at that. Um, uh, I, I'm, I I appreciate being an Academy member. I'm and I'm honored to be an Academy member. I have one really random last question here. Do you ever stop and think about the fact that an estimated forty six point five two million people in just the United States alone watched you walk up on that stage and give that speech? <laughs> you know, I, 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 it's very sweet of you to say that. I think that uh, an awful lot of those people were running to the bathroom, were <laughs> filling out their ballots, uh, were uh, getting more vodka. Were, uh, uh, but uh, it, it, listen, I, it was one of the most fun moments of my life. And as I said earlier, it was something I never thought would happen to me. And I, uh, you know, the, the interesting thing about winning the Oscar that I won, which is for Best Picture, is that you're winning, the producers are, are winning it on behalf of the writer, the director, the actors, the entire crew, the studio, everybody. And we're, we're the lucky ones that get to take home that award. But it, 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 it's, it's an award for a lot of people's work, and I'm keenly aware of that. Well said. I mean, that said, we should also point out that you, you don't just have an Oscar, correct? You have. Uh, I have a few. I have an Oscar, a Golden Globe, a BAFTA, and I, you know, I, for and a Tony. Don't you have a Tony? I, I, I don't. I don't. Oh, for, sorry. For, that for, was a sore subject. Uh, for for American <laughs> for American Beauty, I there I have a, a, I I don't know. I probably have at least fifteen different awards that I want. Things that I never heard of. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, some things, you know, the Critics Choice Awards, uh, uh, Australian Film Awards, uh, Chicago Film Critics, things like that. Um, and I got—I was fortunate enough for on Milk. We got a couple of things. I got a New York Film Critics and Glad and things like that. So. 
I mean, no big thing though. Milk, milk <laughs> was the milk was the year. Uh, so American Beauty won virtually everything our year. Uh, the year of milk, uh, uh, a great movie called Slumdog Millionaire, uh, won virtually everything. And I'm, I'm good friends with a, a very, very smart Os- Oscar prognosticator named Dave Carger. And I said to Dave before the, the Oscars of milk, uh, you know, just, just milk, milk doesn't have a chance, does it? And he said, no, I don't want to say it doesn't have a chance, but it would be the biggest upset in the history of the Academy Awards. And I'm like, <laughs> I got it. We don't have a chance. <laughs> Enough. Said. I love Dave Carger. He's the best. I've written for Dave Carger. Oh. You know. Um uh that is I mean, like, you're just such an incredible person, Dan, and uh you've done such incredible things with your life. And it's such an honor to have you here to talk to us. We really appreciate you supporting our little podcast with our tens of listeners. <laughs> <laughs> Quite honestly though, cannot thank you enough for hopping on with us. Super fun, and I, you ask great questions, and uh, it's it's I, it's, uh, it's always fun to talk about American Beauty. Oh, always fun to listen to it, and we will absolutely all go for a hike one day. That sounds like so much fun, and we'll just grill you with more questions. Done, done and done. <laughs> Probably about Meryl Streep, but we'll get to movies yeah, yeah. too. <laughs> Excellent. So thank you for joining us for this special episode, everybody. Tune in next week as well. We will be doing our Back to our regularly scheduled programming, we will break down the entire Oscars for 1999 and dig a little deeper, too, into the Best Picture winner, American Beauty.